Hello you guys, it's Katie and welcome back to another episode of Crime and Crochet. In this week's episode, we are discussing the case of the suitcase Jane Doe. Around 1pm on the afternoon of July 11th, 1995, a fisherman with a local hatchery was calling Valley Creek which is an offshoot of Brandy Wine Creek in East Combe Township, Chester County, Pennsylvania. Now, I had never heard the term coaling before this case, and you may also be unfamiliar with the term coaling, so I did just want to give you a definition of that before we move on. Coaling is defined as reduction of a wild animal population by selective slaughter. So that is what this fisherman was out there doing. And while he was doing that, he came across a really foul smell and decided to investigate. When he did, he came across a suitcase along the right side of the creek toward the north side of the county's twin tunnels. When he discovers the suitcase, it is partly submerged in the water and covered in mud as well as wrapped within a green trash bag. Since he's so concerned about this smell, he decides to open the suitcase, and that's when he discovers the body of a nude woman whose legs had been severed and they were nowhere to be found. This is when he does the rational thing that I hope most people would do and contact the Pennsylvania State Police. The police get over there as soon as they can to investigate, and that's when they find the remains, which already had begun to decompose, and they had been wrapped in a bedsheet, then placed inside a plastic quilt bag, which was then wrapped in a quilt and placed within the suitcase. The suitcase had also been sealed with Jane Doe's killer, even bounding it with wire and tape before placing it in the trash bag where the fisherman had found it. Now, approximately six months later, on January 29th of 1996, another break in the case comes when a jogger was running in a wooded area in Coors Creek Park in Middletown Township, which is in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, and they found the dismembered legs that were a part of Jane Doe near the Duchess Lane picnic area. So they just happened to come across the dismembered legs, of course, did the same thing the fishermen did and got in contact with the police. And they did discover that these legs did fit with the torso. And this was this woman's full body. Now, when they did find these legs, they were in pretty bad shape. The torso hadn't really been touched at all because of the amount of layers that it had in this suitcase. But the legs, on the other hand, kind of got a little bit eaten by wildlife and stuff. So let me describe to you what basically happened. So they were able to locate the skeletal right leg, which had no skin, from the upper thigh to the ankle. 
They were also able to find the left leg, which had from the thigh to just below the knee left, and that was found within a green trash bag, which had been buried in a shallow grave. The search also turned up an array of clothing, which was in another green trash bag. The clothing found were casual women's clothing, formal women's clothing, as well as casual girls' clothing. And keep in mind where the legs and these clothes were found was approximately 50 miles away from where the torso was found. So I'm not exactly sure if investigators immediately put two and two together and realized that this was the same person or if it took a little while. I'm not exactly sure on that, but the next information I do have to share is the autopsy, which will give us a little more information on maybe time of death, cause of death, things like that. The autopsy for both parts of the remains, the legs and the torso, were done by the Chester County Coroner, and I assume that they did come to the conclusion pretty quickly that the legs did belong to this woman because they had the autopsy done by the same person, which normally I would think the coroner for the other county where the legs were from would have done the autopsy unless they had already put that together that it was from the same person. Anyways, that's a little off topic, but I just wanted to mention that they were done by the same coroner. So they also came to the conclusion that she had died between three to seven days prior to being found, but the coroner did note that her death could have been as long as two weeks before she was found. The exact time of death as well as the manner of death were not able to be concluded because of the state of the body. And, you know, just very difficult for them to do that, especially since it was submerged in water during the summer heat, all of that kind of stuff. It was determined that her death was a result of homicide, most likely, I'm assuming, just because of the dismemberment of her body and the fact that it was found approximately 50 miles from each other, her legs and her rest of her body. So, again, ruled as a homicide and still unknown and still to this day unknown who this woman is. That's why this case is called the suitcase Jane Doe. Some more details that we do have from the autopsy is that there was no evidence of her being raped or strangled, but her body did show signs of trauma. She had a small bruise on her right eye and two smaller ones on her back, indicating she had possibly gotten into a struggle before she died. Her blood alcohol level indicated that she had had one or two drinks prior to her death, the coroner noted that this is not enough to intoxicate her. Toxicology reports also came back negative for drugs in her system. So maybe she was out at the bar or something and that's where her killer found her. That's at least what that makes me think of. But who knows? She could have even been at her home and had one or two drinks and then a boyfriend killed her or something like that. No clue, especially since we don't even know who this person is. But anyway, some more details is it was determined that her legs had been removed from her pelvis post-mortem due to the level of decomposition. 
they were unable to use DNA to positively match the legs to the torso, but they were able to correctly pair them with the help of doctors with the local hospital, and they were basically able to pair her legs perfectly with the torso and almost like a jigsaw puzzle, which is terrible to think about, but that's how they were able to correctly identify that those legs did belong to this woman, and that's also how they were able to measure her height and get a better description of this Jane Doe to put out to the public so that hopefully someone would recognize her. All right, the description that they have come up with for this Jane Doe is a little bit unknowing because of all the decomposition that had happened to the body before she was found, but I will give you the description that they do have. Her ethnicity is currently unknown, but given her light complexion, investigators are working off a theory that she is either white or Hispanic. She is believed to be between the ages of 17 and 40, which is a huge age gap, but that's the age they have listed. She stood anywhere between 4'11 to 5'4 and weighed approximately 120 to 140 pounds. She wore her hair dark brown and short, and she was noted to have brown eyes and her ears were pierced. I also did find some more information about how her body was found. So she was found wearing a bloodstained bra, and there were some clothing items found in the suitcase as well, including a denim skirt, a white headband, and a light blue long sleeve denim shirt with a collar. The shirt had copper colored buttons that were done up, and it also featured a three-inch white band across the chest and back. And the shirt did also have blue stripes and a blood-stained neckline and shoulders. So this seems like it should be pretty recognizable. It seems pretty unique in my opinion. And um, if anybody knew a woman wearing that or seen a woman wearing that, I think they would have come forward unless obviously they didn't have a reason to come forward for you know, malicious purposes. But um, anyways, there's also some descriptions of some of the other clothes that were found with her legs in the separate bag, such as a sweater that was blue, black, and pink in color and featured Minnie and Mickey Mouse, a white blouse with black and gold buttons located near the legs, all kinds of stuff that seems pretty unique and kind of recognizable. So again, I feel like if someone saw her wearing this, the only reason they wouldn't have come forward is A, they have not heard this information from the case and therefore did not know that something had happened to this woman and did not come forward to the police. Or B, they heard this information and were involved in her death in some sort of way and that is why they have not come forward in my mind at least that would be the two reasons why someone that would have recognized those items would have not come forward but who really knows 
So the police did run her fingerprints and they came back with nothing. So to the police, that means that she was probably not from the area she was found in or even not from the United States at all. And they also still believe that this was murder and that her killer did dump her legs and clothing where they were found plus her torso in that suitcase where it was found so definitely an interesting case you guys and that is basically going to be it for this though there is really no conclusion because without knowing who this person was it is very hard to track down who they may have been around or where they may have been and therefore very hard to track a possible killer I did also want to note that there have been several women investigated in this case that they thought maybe they were the Jane Doe and either they realized they did not fit the description or they found the body somewhere else. Something like that happened that ruled those women out in this case and for that reason this woman is still a Jane Doe and they still have no information on who she could possibly be but with that y'all that is pretty much it for this case so now it's time to get into our crochet pattern for this week this week's crochet pattern that i am featuring for you guys is by the proper pineapple and it is the it's my birthday shawl pattern which can be found on her website thepropperpineapple.com And she said that this was her first mystery crochet along and it uses four colors of DK yarn. And she also used some really bright, fun colors for this pattern. And I think it turned out really beautiful. So if you guys want to check this out, she also gave me a coupon code for you guys to use. And it is going to last until March 5th. The code is KB c 15 for 15% off so if you guys are unfamiliar my regular youtube channel and accounts is katie being creative so that's what the kbc stands for and 15 for 15% off so again kbc which is all in caps and 15 for 15% off if you guys would like to get this pattern or get the sale You can also find the details on it as well as the link for the pattern, the link for my sources, and more pictures from this case. All of that is always on my Instagram at Crime and Crochet. Makes it just super easy so you guys can find everything I talked about in each episode. As well as if you do want to check out her Instagram, she is also at the proper pineapple. And again, the proper pineapple dot com is her site so that is it for this episode y'all and for this crochet pattern so again before i wrap up this episode i just wanted to remind you guys that you can check out today's crochet pattern as well as my sources pictures of the people involved in this case and much much more over on my instagram at crime and crochet as all one word as well as if you want to help me out, the best way you can help me is leave a five-star review 
on whatever podcast platform you are listening on if you are enjoying the podcast. With that, thank you so much for listening to this episode, and I hope you will join me here next Saturday for the next episode of Crime and Crochet, and make sure y'all are staying safe out there so you don't end up being one of these victims we talk about every week. Goodbye, y'all.